0: everybody this is crystal this is Kat, and welcome back to alternative Interests, and welcome back for part two
1: yay well i mean they're gonna want to hear this next part how could you not come back after last time gotta hear how this uh this dumpster fire of a story ends right i don't know if dumpster fire is enough no what would be a good I don't even know what a good word to describe just like the absolute shit show I don't know maybe if 2020 were a crime absolutely it would be if 20 if 2020 were a murderer story it would be it would be Marcus Wesson yes And him, too. Just the look of him. That's probably what 2020 looks like. Yeah, and everybody (laughs) saw
0: pictures of him now. Yes. I don't want to go super deep into all of what I went over um, last episode because, honestly, it was a lot. I am going to go ahead and give another really quick trigger warning because part two is much worse than part one was. I know part one was pretty damn awful, But this one gets worse. So just really quick for everyone one more time. Yes. Uh, This episode is awful. It involves many, many crimes against children. And if you are at all uncomfortable with any of that, this is your trigger warning. Because unfortunately, it is so prolific in this story. I just cannot give trigger warnings every single time. So without much further ado um let's continue on into part two buckle up so now we're gonna move on to the next section we're gonna talk about the isolation which i talked i kind of touched on before we're gonna go a little more in depth and we're gonna talk about okay. the sexual abuse so this oh. this section gets bad okay and i i Originally wanted to talk about the isolation and the abuse separately, but honestly, they play back and forth so much that yeah. I just I have to tell them at the same time.
1: That makes sense.
0: So when Marcus's niece, Sophina, was mm-hmm. 11 years old, okay, Marcus told her and basically the rest of the family that no one was going to public school anymore and he was going to be homeschooling them. Oh, so they were going to public school for a time at some point when all the kids were younger, they were yeah it's it's insane
1: to me that the kids didn't say anything to anybody, right, Do you know, but I guess I, again, but what's again, this normal, is so
0: far in the past that yeah. we're thinking about honestly, this is probably still in the time when schools were doling out capital punishment, yeah, yeah, you're probably right, so. It doesn't surprise me that the kids aren't saying anything about any kind of physical abuse to anyone. Yeah. Which is really sad. But Very sad. I think my opinion here is that Marcus is recognizing that the kids are getting older. They're going to be hitting that age where they start getting belligerent. They start getting chatty. And yeah. he wanted to nip that in the bud. And he wanted to isolate them way far in advance of that so that he could control the narrative of his household. Yeah. Makes sense. So Marcus started homeschooling them. His version of homeschooling meant coloring and drawing for the most part. And the older siblings would be teaching the younger siblings like what little they had learned in public school. Which uh, honestly, if Sofina was 11, it's not a lot.
1: It's not a lot. Yeah. They're only getting probably like what year when you're 11. You're like basically a six up to a sixth grade education.
0: Essentially. Which. Yeah. Even back then really isn't much. No. uh Uh-uh. So, and in addition to that, Marcus kept carrying on his weird ass Bible studies for hours at a time every day as part of homeschooling. Of course he did. Marcus also performed what he called quote unquote loving his family. Oh, I don't even want to know. Loving is in quotes. Yeah. Because that's this is not what love is. No. Um he started grooming the young girls really early. I oh, mean that makes sense. Following the same suit that he followed with Elizabeth.
1: Yeah. Ugh. I wonder what Elizabeth had to say. Well, again, uh that was her that was her experience. Right? So, so she thinks it's normal. She thinks it's totally fine probably. And the cycle continues, right? I mean, that's how these things just keep going and going and going.
0: Marcus taught these girls from a very young age, Mm -hmm. like before the grooming started, that Marcus's way was the law and that Mm -hmm. what Marcus said goes. So that by the time the grooming starts, these girls are like, this is what my dad says. This is just what's supposed to happen. Yeah. The saddest thing here is most of the girls didn't even think anything was wrong.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's that's what's heartbreaking about cases like this or when you hear about child abuse like this is that if it starts so young and there's nobody in the family that's telling you it's wrong or it shouldn't be happening, that you just think it's okay. And that is what a dad is supposed to do. Right, so horrible.
0: Especially when they're so secluded. They're only within the yeah. family. Their mom is saying this is fine. I mean, yeah. later she denies that she knew it was going on. But essentially yeah. the mom is condoning all of this.
1: Well, yeah. And if no one's stopping it and no one's telling you it's wrong, you think it's it's right.
0: Yeah. And you just think, you know, this is what life is.
1: Yeah. That's so heartbreaking.
0: So... Following along this path, the physical advances advances and the touching started very early. And, you know, I mentioned I was only going to do one trigger warning, but this is exceptionally awful. So I'm just, if you guys, if you thought it wasn't bad enough yet, I'm just warning you it's bad. Okay. Marcus believed that his job as their father... Was to teach his daughters how to perform sexual acts that would please their future husbands.
1: I'm in a vomit.
0: Right. Ugh. And Gross. he was practicing with them so that they could hone their skills.
1: That is awful.
0: Absolutely disgusting. Horrible. Yeah. So. Marcus's niece, Ruby, testified uh-huh. that when she was 13 years old, Marcus told her that she was at the age of marriage and that she would be marrying him because God wanted him to have more than one life. Uh,
1: so now he's marrying his more of his children basically
0: he yeah uh, well i mean elizabeth technically wasn't i mean stepdaughter she wasn't
1: but that i mean that's kind of like you're you're taking an adult role in their life
0: yeah so this is um his and it's his niece and niece by marriage so not a blood relative Still still absolutely disgusting
1: exactly
0: but Going back to Marcus claims that he's God. So Marcus is saying that I, as God, am saying that God wants you to be my wife because God says that God needs more than one. It's just very convoluted.
1: It's so convoluted.
0: Marcus was preaching to his family that, quote, God's people are becoming extinct. So... His whole thing with his family was that they needed to have more children to replenish God's people.
1: That's just this guy. I want to believe he's, oh,
0: man. You want to believe that there's something mentally wrong with him? Yeah,
1: but but you know what? It doesn't sound like there. I don't think so. I mean, there's something wrong with him in the fact that he he thinks this is okay. But then I look at his childhood and what he went through. And again, we keep going back to uh, the way you grow up and what you see and what's around you. Then you deem that's normal. So I think in some way in his head, some of this is normal. But then I also think he was smart enough to kind of see how he could keep something like this going. Yeah. And how he could control A large group of people.
0: In the spirit of creating more of God's people, Ruby had a son with Marcus and they named him Aviv.
1: Aviv. That's a good name, but wow.
0: So Marcus, because, you know, he grew up with his father um, and Marcus knows himself. He is extremely paranoid of other men being attracted to his property because that's how he thought of the women of his house. He thought of them as his property.
1: That That's kind of weird that he thought that way because it's not like there was a history of people taking things from him like that. Do you know what I'm saying? It was right. him. So I guess projection of his... Perhaps, do you know what I, yeah. Yeah, okay, okay.
0: But, well... He idolized Dave Esch so much. Yeah. And the government came for David's property, essentially. I mean, they were coming on um, on a firearms raid. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. So,
0: hmm. I mean, Marcus could be twisting that in his head. I mean, there could be a little yeah. bit of delusion there feeding into yeah. his paranoia. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, probably. So he actually, because this paranoia was so pronounced, he made his sons and his nephews live completely separately than the women so that none of them would be tempted to touch his women.
1: Really? So like, so the the girls lived in the office building and then where did the boys live?
0: You know... I'm gonna be honest with you. The timeline on all of this is really messy. Yeah.
1: Okay. So we don't know. So exactly.
0: I and that's why I'm having to tell the story in sections like this because yeah, I actually yeah. don't okay. know where they were living. Okay. Because okay. I'm gonna tell you right now, it actually happened that one of his oh. sons was interested in dating one of his cousins.
1: Oh. Okay. So
0: Marcus caught on to this, and think about this that. This is so normal that his yeah. son is looking at his cousin. Most of us would be like, "Um, you're my cousin. Ew.
1: He's looking yeah, at his cousin gross.
0: like, oh, she's so cute. I have a crush, which just tells yeah. you how messed up this situation is.
1: Exactly. Exactly.
0: Marcus wrote a four. So his 80 page letter to the judge uh-huh. was called a letter. But somehow his 14 page, what he wrote now is called a booklet. Oh, he called it the House of Elizabeth. And I think this is akin to like a book in a Bible like you've got Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. I think this Uh this is um, the House of Elizabeth. Okay. In his book, he wrote that he, quote, set his sons free and that they needed to stay away from the women of the house. So I think this is actually the decree where he decided that, you know what? Everyone needs to get out because you're touching what's mine.
1: Yeah. And I'm the only one that can touch him.
0: Yeah. Which is disgusting.
1: Yeah. Gross.
0: He also wrote that if Alme didn't give up his interest in his niece, Marcus said that they would have to have a family prayer where they would ask God to remove the offending entity.
1: And how would they remove the offending entity? Like, well, remember, by distance or?
0: Remember, God is Marcus and Marcus is God and I would not put it beneath him to permanently remove.
1: Yeah, if you can give life, you can take it away.
0: Essentially, yes. Mm-hmm,
1: okay. Ugh.
0: I kind of get the feeling that these like quote unquote family prayers were common, and that they weren't so much like, usually my family used to pray together every night, like that uh-huh. was before we went to bed, yeah. the whole family said a prayer together. Um, Usually it's things like, thanks for giving us life and uh, give this person strength for their test tomorrow. And and, bless this person. Yes.
1: Bless that. Yeah. Okay.
0: I don't think that's what these prayers were. I think this was Marcus's opportunity to do very subtle threats against the family. Oh.
1: That's what it feels like to me. Okay. That's...
0: Sad, too. Very sad. So Gosh. the end of this booklet, I just really like this quote. The end uh-huh. says, get a life. <laughs> Find your own women as God has commanded. <laughs> I, I really like
1: that. That sounds like a slogan for like a, like a dating yes. app or something. <laughs> it's like plenty of fish. Exactly. Exactly. Oh my goodness. Oh Marcus, you're ahead of your time. Right. So
0: (laughs) two little things about this. One is again, Marcus is God. Yeah. So this whole thing where every time he refers to God has commanded, I don't know if he's talking about himself in third person or if he He probably is a prophet. I don't know.
1: He probably is. He pr- or it's like a multiple personality thing, would you would you think there's a multiple personality thing going on there? I
0: don't think so.
1: Okay. I okay. think that he
0: was just so wrapped up in his beliefs, yeah, that he yeah. he stated things in the wrong context and like yeah. yeah. It's like but he, he had- knows he's not God, but he says yeah. he's God and he just forgets. Constantly
1: well in or he probably sees himself in one image as God and then in just one image is Marcus and then they're like easily interchangeable
0: possibly yeah
1: maybe I don't know
0: the other thing I have about this get a life is <laughs> um, his family the women of his family are his so okay. by him saying this statement he's essentially telling his sons to go make little incest families of their own
1: but with who right. because, because he... they're not
0: allowed to go anywhere and they're not allowed to have his family it's just this whole th- I don't know
1: this guy writes these rules and uh, he's he's well he's a weirdo
0: yeah so Marcus um, I told you he becomes a shitbag and yep. i mean he has been this whole time he
1: becomes he, yeah he I was has been say, he's coming suddenly he into becomes his a, own. yes
0: his own shit bag he started out yes. as a pile of shit and now he's just a full uh-huh. out bag of shit <laughs> oh, just, the nice. shit is growing <laughs> oh. <laughs> so he ends up like quote unquote marrying three of his nieces so he marries ruby, rosa and Sophina.
1: so he has elizabeth, ruby, rosa and Sophina.
0: He also married two of his daughters, his blood daughters, Kiani and Sabrina.
1: Oh, my goodness. So that's six wives that he has now? Yes. Insane.
0: Crazy.
1: Oh, my gosh.
0: So we will move on. And we will talk about the physical abuse, because aside from the sexual abuse that we already talked about and the psychological abuse that we've already talked about, there was actually physical abuse. So Marcus is coming at them from all sides.
1: Oh, my goodness.
0: So his son, Serafino, Uh actually gave some a lot of like details about some of the physical punishments he got. Okay. Serafino said that at one point he snuck a spoonful of peanut butter once. And okay. his punishment was 30 days of beatings. 30 days? And if that's well, not... Well, first
1: of all, yeah. Ugh.
0: If that's not bad enough, 30 days. There was a, there was a schedule to these beatings. Um because if if Marcus is anything it's he's organized. Yeah. These beatings would take place three times per day and each beating would be twenty-one lashes with an electrical oh my. cable.
1: Oh my god. So he goodness. was taking notes
0: from his mother there.
1: How are you even alive after all right. of that? And and I would I would think too that after that many lashes three times a day for thirty days and I I doubt his like wounds were being treated. I mean, like that there's risk of infection. Actually I mean, do you it's run funny out- you
0: bring that up because I didn't yeah I didn't make that connection. Yeah. But remember Marcus has um that oh. that power of healing? Healing, yeah. So, you know, oh, my God, this is it just made it so much worse to me because well,
1: c- could you imagine the mental manipulation of that? Yes. I am going to whip you and then I'm going, then going to the treat same, you and then I'm going to treat you. So it's like I am your savior, but I am also your
0: punisher. Yeah. Which is so that, awful.
1: That's another whole level of brain effing right there.
0: Yeah. Wow. And Horrible. so this just actually like hits this whole new level that I didn't even think about before.
1: Just I see I picture anytime I picture stuff like this of, with little kids. I just picture like my daughter right. or my son and how I couldn't even imagine right. doing anything like that at all. Yeah. Like. And then to think of somebody else doing that to them makes me, like, I can physically get ill just by the thought of that.
0: Right. Which is yeah. awful. And this guy's doing yeah. it. Yeah. So, and it's not like a one-time thing. It's like no. he's doing it multiple times per day, every day. And for
1: just a teaspoon or a spoonful of peanut butter.
0: Right. So, what That's other insane. things has yeah. have they done that were maybe, like, a little bit more... Yeah. Like, what punishments are these kids not talking about? Because, you know, like children that are products of abuse, they don't talk about everything. Yeah. So it's it's awful. So if
1: this. And then. Sorry, I was going to say if this is what
0: they're willing to share, what are they not willing to share?
1: Exactly. And then just the, the fact that he is doling out a punishment like that for something that you and I see as so minor. Um, as stealing a spoonful of peanut butter, um, which A then shows me that another form of his control was controlling like little things like that in their daily life. Oh,
0: yeah. I get into that later. Okay. Oof. Yeah. Um yeah, awful. So Sofina, remember, this uh-huh. is actually one of his wives. And Sofina was actually one of his nieces that he married. Uh-huh. She reported that on one occasion... Marcus she and Marcus had a son together his name was Jonathan when Jonathan was one month old Marcus beat him bloody because he wouldn't stop crying that makes me sick all of this so bad
1: how do you even touch or beat a one month old whose only form of communication for themselves crying is crying. And at this and point... And you would think he'd be used to he's it. He's got like 50 people in his house. Holy cow. And one person's crying and... Oh, my gosh. He... This guy
0: is a whole new level
1: of shit bag. Yeah,
0: see, I told you. It's like yeah. a dump truck of shit now.
1: Seriously. So...
0: Sofina, same girl, actually tried to leave at one point, which is like kudos to you because even in the middle of all of this brainwashing, you can see how bad it is. He caught her and he stabbed her in the chest. What? Yep. With what? I'm not sure with what. Uh, but Did she go to her. the
1: hospital? Did she go to the hospital? I doubt it. Like he healed her. Oh my later, god. How sick. Later
0: later like after this whole thing broke open people were shocked because they no one went to the hospital ever and like no well, one knew anything back, was wrong.
1: Well, didn't you talk about um the way they dress so they probably no one probably saw anything. He also kept them secluded. It's not like they went to school. Right.
0: So actually, who's going to notice? That's some um, good timing because that comes up next in yeah. my notes that the girls okay. were actually forced to dress with long sleeve shirts, ankle-length skirts, and they actually wore yeah. headscarves.
1: Yeah, and if they don't go out in public, who's
0: going to know? Right. Yeah. So Ugh, that's insane. I already mentioned that the boys... Like, the sons and nephews were separated from the, the girls in the family because Marcus didn't want anyone touching his property because he's disgusting. Uh-huh. Apparently, the mothers were separated from the children if the mother was, like, less than 100% about Marcus. So, like, Sophina, really good example. Probably when she tried to leave, Marcus stabbed her and then separated her from the family oh because you know people in super religious environments don't want yeah. anything to question that
1: well you can't have a weak link
0: right 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 and because then if then one that... person introduces doubt everyone uh-huh. is going to start thinking for it's themselves
1: contagious yeah oh man so, kind of talking. See, he wasn't dumb. He wasn't no, dumb.
0: No, he was not yeah. dumb. I, I think that he was not like super intelligent because, again, of all the contradictions he's got in here. But he was not stupid. He
1: had definitely had some street smarts and knew, you know, a couple of key things to carry this out.
0: I mentioned that we have um, with the spoonful of peanut butter. Uh huh. Um, the reason this was such a big deal was that. Marcus, like I said, he has really ridiculous double standards. And even though Marcus didn't work, any of his kids who worked, all of their money was expected to go to him. Mm -hmm. And if he wanted to splurge on fast food, then he got to splurge on fast food. Oh, well, good for Marcus. But the rest of his family had to dumpster dive for their meals.
1: Like this guy keeps getting worse and worse and worse.
0: Right? Um, at one point, I don't know why, but he forced his family to go on a sugar-free diet. All that they were allowed to eat was vegetables, pinto beans, which is really oddly specific. What? Yeah. Um, I have a feeling this might have something to do with WIC. That, um, oh, specific yeah, products. what you could get.
1: Be- uh-huh. I, that makes I sense. have a
0: feeling that pinto beans was probably one of their Wick items. Yeah, uh, yeah. Vegetables absolutely is a wick item. And uh-huh. stale bread. Why stale bread? Because they couldn't get fresh bread? I don't know.
1: Gosh, that's gross. But I mean, not gross. It's sugar free. But I'm just trying to think of what was the point of the sugar free? Was that for purity reasons? Was that for.
0: I think it was just so Marcus could be an extra asshole.
1: Because while
0: they were eating this stuff that, like, honestly was barely keeping them alive, Marcus was eating cookies.
1: Oh, gosh, Marcus. Why is he such an asshole? I
0: I can't even begin to explain why. I don't know. But because of this lifestyle of his and the fact that he eats whatever the fuck he wants, Uh when he was arrested, he was over 300 pounds.
1: Oh. I just keep picturing this guy and that just made it even 10 times worse. Yeah. This
0: just when you think he can't get worse, he just does. Yeah. Yeah. So now we can move on to the actual event that is known as the worst mass killing in Fresno history. Here we go. So, Sophina and Ruby recall. This is two of Marcus's wives. Yes. They were actually the two mothers that were resistant to Marcus's teachings and they were desperate to get out. Good. I'm glad someone was. Marcus, I don't know if they tried to leave and like Marcus caught them or Mm -hmm. if they approached Marcus and said, hey, we're out. I don't know the details. Mm -hmm. But essentially, Marcus said, yeah, sure, you can go. You can have your own life.
1: But your children
0: are staying here with me.
1: Oh gosh! And so that's just like kind of like back in back to his.
0: Oh, with Rosemary. First, yeah.
1: Yeah. With Rosemary.
0: So essentially at this point you've got, I mean, these women are like Sophie's choice. Ridiculous. Yeah. And you sitting there talking, I mean, thinking about you with your kids, I bet you can't imagine leaving your kids for anything. No, no, but, I couldn't, but I think it, That itself, it tells you exactly how desperate these women were. They agreed to leave their children behind so that they could get out.
1: Well, see, as a mother, I would have to think they had some sort of plan in mind that they were going to go back for the children. Do you know what I'm saying? I I feel like in order to leave like that, you have to have some sort of like... This is what I have to do but I I am coming back for my children. I don't see that they would willingly just drop just them and le- run. L- drop them and run forever and not have a plan whether they they said it to him or not to come back right. for them. So do you know what I'm I saying? don't
0: I don't know if they had a plan or not. I do know that okay. after they were finally out out and they started experiencing mm-hmm. like the real world mm-hmm. they it was like a shock they're like okay we knew it was bad but now that we're out they're realizing how bad it is yeah so they it's like when you when you want to get out of something you know that it's bad and then you get out and it's like hindsight and you're like oh yeah it's
1: like people don't marry their fathers and have children with them and are controlled Every second of the day, right. of course. And it was pro- yeah. it's probably
0: like simple little stuff that they're like, mm-hmm. you know, in my head, I'm picturing they were probably like out eating somewhere and their friend was like, oh, do you want this? And they're like, we can have that?
1: Yeah. And it's oh, just like little like, light
0: bulbs like this. And not
1: that this is comparable in any way to the situation that they faced, but like when I was growing up, I only thought the only cereals that existed were Cheerios and Raisin Bran. And then I spent the night at my friend Jackie's house when I was in elementary school for the first mm-hmm. time. And her mom opened the cupboard and there was like Lucky Charms. All these sugary and cereals. And
0: it's like this like, whole new like, world opens what? to you. What? I was like, what is that? Right. And it's so, something yeah. as innocent as that. And, you know, they're probably out yeah. and it's like... They were eating fresh food for the first time. They weren't having to scrape by. To dumpster
1: dive, yeah. So that Mm -hmm. actually
0: brings us to March 12th, 2004. Okay. Somehow, Sofina and Ruby got news that Marcus was planning on picking up the whole family and moving again. Um, I guess his family was in Washington, and he was going to move up there to be near his mom and dad.
1: That's so weird that he's... Types of people still like have inclinations or needs to be close. Right. To, you know what I'm saying? Right. Like that's just weird. It's just odd. Go on. Yeah. So, uh-huh. but
0: I also at the same time I don't know if this was him planning on moving so that he could keep the family away from Sophina and Ruby oh, because you know that's some true. of the older kids were still working, and if mm-hmm. they know that their sisters are there on the outside, they're gonna try like. They can still be a bad influence because they're in the same city. Yeah. So I wonder if him moving the family was a way to isolate his family again and get them away from these two that had gotten out. Maybe. Yeah, that makes sense. So they showed up at Marcus's house one morning and they were outside shouting and screaming and demanding their children back. So there were some other family members that came to show support. I think they were oh. like cousins from like other branches of the family.
1: Yeah. That yeah. they had
0: never really had contact with. But all this family can honestly see how bad the situation is. So they're there as a show of support. And think about it from like an outsider looking in. The location of this abandoned office building was actually weird. So it was like in a neighborhood. It was situated on the corner. But there were houses okay. all around it. So it was like the all only right. building in the area that was not a house. OK, so thinking think about if you were a neighbor in your house and you look outside and you see this family of like women shouting at a man and man d- like it's a disturbance. The neighbors called. the Yeah. Police. And well, yeah, the news that the police got was that, you know, this was a child custody dispute and they just needed to go and mediate and take care of it.
1: So there was probably not a lot of urgency, not
0: a ton. Okay. So Marcus had been trying to calm down Sophina and Ruby and then the police arrived and he just calmly walked in the house and locked the door. One of Marcus th- did? Marcus did. Yes. Okay. Leaving okay. Sophina and Ruby outside still like shouting. Oh, so okay. one report I saw actually said that Marcus had agreed to hand over their children And he just said, I just want to say goodbye. And that's when he closed and locked the door. Okay. That was only mentioned in one article. So I don't know how accurate it is. But regardless Mm -hmm. of the exchange that happened, Marcus was calm the entire time. He never raised his voice. And the women were shouting. They were hysterical. And he closed and locked the door when the police arrived.
1: I bet that was so eerie for, for like, Especially the two women mm-hmm. who knew what he was capable right. of and him just being so calm and just like, you know, OK, I'm just going to,
0: you know. Right. Yeah. Police knocked on the door and they're like, you you got to come out here and speak with us because these women are going crazy. They say you have your kids. He refused to come out. So yeah. after he's not answering the door after a few knocks, the police kind of walk away from the house a little bit. They're sizing up the situation Meanwhile, Sofina and Ruby are like begging them. They're like, you need to break down the door. You need to get in that house. You don't understand. So they start telling the police about the suicide pact that he has with the family. He's like, he has been oh, preaching this yeah. to us. And the police were just like, meh, nah, doesn't sound oh, legit. yeah.
1: And then the police officers are there in their uniforms. So this is probably like to the the kids and the family
0: on the inside like a Waco thing all Yeah over and again. they're just you know Marcus was like the devil is outside yeah, and now the time uh-huh. has come. Now, so, now we have to do yes. So oh, unfortunately no. while all of this is going on outside every witness present that day says that they heard gunshots come from inside the house.
1: Oh no. Not
0: a single police report Mentions gunfire. What? How can that be? Because all the police say they did not hear gunshots. But, like,
1: how do they, you not hear gunshots and everybody else hears gunshots? Not
0: just that everyone else heard it, but like people inside their houses heard gunfire. So the police are conveniently
1: hard of hearing?
0: Yes, essentially.
1: I wonder why. What was that? The- I mean,
0: I feel like there has to be some kind of embarrassment here that this situation in this family, because at the time, like, because you know, police reports are always written after the fact. Yeah. It was probably, you know, they walked into this scene. So actually, I'll keep going and we'll talk later. Okay. Bit more. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. There was an hour and a half between the time these gunshots rang out and the time Marcus comes to the door. So all this time, you know, there's gunfire that went off. So, of course, Sofina and Ruby are freaking out even more. You know they have to be because they hear yeah. it. And the police are like, I don't, I don't hear a thing. I don't know. what it is. That's, that's bubble wrap. Oh like, I don't know what the fuck they're thinking. <laughs> bubble wrap? <laughs> I, I don't know. Like There's kids inside. They're popping bubbles. I don't know. Uh, yeah, that is so crazy. Marcus comes to the door 90 minutes later covered in blood.
1: So they uh, so uh, so it's been ninety minutes that he's in there. Other people hear gunshots and still no one's nope like bashing the door down. Nope,
0: that is insane, right? So that's when police were like, "Oh shit!" and they put him in handcuffs and. The the crazy thing about this is he was, like I said, he was over 300 pounds. They actually had to use multiple handcuffs, daisy-chained together to even, like, shackle him because he was hefty.
1: Shouldn't have ate all those cookies, Marcus.
0: Like, yeah, and eating McDonald's every damn day.
1: Exactly.
0: So police walk in and they find this absolutely gruesome scene. And this is a little bit of why I think that they claim they didn't hear gunfire because what they walked into was so awful. And there has to have been someone like whoever was in charge of the scene just turned to all of the police force and said, we did not hear gunfire because if they heard gunfire and they didn't do anything, the scene they walked into, it's awful in a back bedroom. They come into the house and they find nine people dead and stacked on top of each other. What? And it is terrible.
1: That is awful. Oh, all those young kids, too.
0: Yeah. So I'm here's the list of who they found. Um, They found Sabrina, which was Marcus's daughter and his wife. She was twenty five. Mm-hmm. They found Elizabeth, which was actually another one of his daughters, so they um he not had it was daughter Elizabeth, Elizabeth, not wife yeah. Elizabeth. She okay. was seventeen. There was Ibel who was eight. Oh. Aviv who was seven, Jonathan who was also seven, Ethan who was four, Sidonia, who was two, Marshy who was two. And Jiva, who was two, one. Oh, and that is heartbreaking. it's heartbreaking. It's awful. And so I think. And they were all shot? They were all shot in the eye. Oh, all the younger yes. ones. Uh, um, Sabrina, I don't know if she was also shot in the eye. I'll actually get into that when I talk about the trial.
1: Okay. And so there was how many dead? Nine, you nine. said? So that is
0: nine gunshots. Yes,
1: Potentially, correct? That the police didn't hear.
0: They did not hear one. That is
1: a lie. Bullshit.
0: Absolutely. Yes. So, also, the other weird thing that they found in this same bedroom, there were caskets stacked in the room. What? Marcus. Why did he
1: have caskets?
0: Marcus had bought caskets just a few months before this. For what? He claimed. That he was using them for beds for the children.
1: By the way, who, okay, uh, uh, A, that's gross. B, who is selling a large, suspicious man caskets just at like wholesale,
0: right? And not thinking anything of it. And I don't know how many caskets there were, but the fact that they were stacked makes me, I mean, there's at least two.
1: Yeah, and he's obviously not using them for beds if they're stacked.
0: Yeah, I just,
1: it's awful. Uh, this is horrible.
0: So kind of in a testament that illustrates how, I mean, we've had so many illustrations of how brainwashed this poor family was, but this mm-hmm. this really shows it. Marcus's son, Serafino, the same one who talked about how he was whipped for 30 days for a spoonful yeah. of peanut butter. Just a couple of days after his arrest, Serafino actually went to a reporter and met with oh. a reporter trying to clear his father's name. Oh, really? And actually, all the boys tried. They all said their they, son. To clear their name, to
1: clear his father, their father's name. All the
0: sons said that, you know, th- our father was a loving man. He took care of us. He would never hurt us. It's awful
1: brainwashed they were definitely brainwashed absolutely poor things
0: so one more thing that adds just it's like the the cherry on the top of this awful sunday yeah in the aftermath you know they're dna testing all the bodies so that they can notify next of kin that is when they found out about the level of depravity and incest that was going on in the family. No one knew. Uh,
1: That is horrible. And that probably solidified with the police. Like, oh, this, we, they probably looked at it, like you said, at the very beginning as a domestic disturbance, a cuss, you know, whatever, let's, you know. And then it just opened up a box of horrible nightmares. Right. So,
0: moving on to the trial, Elizabeth, uh, wife Elizabeth, denied vehemently that she knew anything about the incest. But, like, you know damn well she knew.
1: Of course she knew. That is, well, okay. I want to say that is insane. But again, I am going back to the whole. she probably thought it was fine and normal, so she probably didn't see it as incest. Yeah. Or, or, you know, yeah. anything else.
0: She, she said she never suspected that Marcus was the father of her grandchildren. <laughs>
1: she lives in denial.
0: Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, you know why she said she never thought? Um, she Why? said she didn't know who the father of her, um, her daughter's children was. And she said, if they wanted me to know who the father was, they would have told me.
1: Uh, OK, lady, whatever helps you sleep at night. Yeah. Jeez.
0: So at one point, I don't know who alleged this, but somebody alleges that. At one point, Elizabeth actually walked in on one of the girls performing oral sex on her husband. And she didn't
1: do anything about it?
0: Well, she denies it happened. Devil's advocate here. Elizabeth was groomed at the age of eight. Marcus is all she knows. She was taken out of school early because she was pregnant at 14. There's a chance that she really is just... I mean she's uneducated to begin with, and she yeah. only knows what Marcus wanted her to know. yeah it's just yeah awful
1: that's gross
0: and again, another illustration of how brainwashed Marcus had her during the trial. they actually asked marcus asked Elizabeth why doesn't Marcus work and Elizabeth's answer was well, if Marcus worked, we couldn't receive welfare. And it's like Elizabeth couldn't even make the connection for herself that if Marcus worked, they would not need welfare because Marcus would be working.
1: Yeah. She obviously did not know a lot about the outside world is what that tells me. Yeah. And she only knew what Marcus told her.
0: Right. Yeah. So mm. Marcus's daughter, Keani, again, one of his wives, uh, she testified on the witness stand at his trial. And unfortunately, her daughter was one of Marcus's victims that day. Oh, um, I I get the feeling Keani was kind of against Marcus, but she was quieter than mm-hmm. Ruby and. Uh, Sophina about it, I forgot okay. her name for a second. Safina, um, yeah, Keani said that if her daughter had not been killed by Marcus on the day of the shootings, she would not have wanted her daughter to live in that house and grow up the way she did. Aww. And she kind of danced around it, but you know, like when a prosecutor's looking for an answer and you're not answering, they'll keep asking questions, yeah, yeah. So the prosecutor really pushed her and. He said, uh, "Essentially, do you do you feel that way? Because you did. Because did Marcus start grooming your daughter? And she essentially wouldn't answer the question directly. All she said is she wanted a different life for her daughter."
1: Well, I mean that answer in itself speaks volumes, right. and also, it's probably so traumatic to relive all of that, and to know, especially as a mom, that you put your daughter unknowingly or i don't know in that in that position and then you left too right you know so i can imagine all the the guilt and the trauma that comes along with that yeah
0: well kiani actually didn't leave the house she was still there oh, she just wasn't one okay. of the people who was oh killed. that was killed and so that's another one of those details that i couldn't really find i don't know if marcus mm-hmm. killed everyone in the house
1: Mm-hmm. Or yeah. And
0: where were the others? Like, I don't know if everyone else was out working or if he only killed specific people and the rest of the family just let him, I don't know.
1: It, it had to have been, cause remember he separated the males. So I'm, I'm pretty sure maybe the, there was, cause it sounds like a lot of the younger yeah ones were there except for a few. And so in my head, what I'm thinking is, is that, you know, the males lived somewhere else And probably others were working, is what I'm going to assume. Yeah. I don't know.
0: Yeah. Marcus's defense team tried to argue that Sabrina had been the one to kill all of the children and then herself. Because the evidence was kind of inconclusive. So her body was on top of the pile. But remember, Marcus had 90 minutes after the gunshots until he walked out the door yeah yeah the gun that was used to shoot everyone was under sabrina's body but there were no fingerprints on the gun okay which is weird because like that is odd there have to and it wasn't even that there were like partial fingerprints it's like there were no fingerprints yeah however her dna was on the gun but also she was dead on top of the gun so of course her dna is going to be on it And what I'm thinking here is whether it was
1: Marcus, if it was her, I think it wasn't because she wanted to do it. It was probably something where Marcus told her or made her do that.
0: Yeah. So in addition, you know, her body was on top. Mm -hmm. They said it was impossible to tell if her body had just fallen that way. Or if mm-hmm. it was moved post mortem, and mm-hmm. I'm just going to call bullshit on that, because you yeah. can absolutely tell if a body has been moved post mortem. Totally, based on like blood spatter, especially with gunshot wounds.
1: Well, and blood smear, yeah. and where where the the where it actually happened, and then moving, and then yeah. body position. Totally. So
0: I'm just going to call bullshit on that one. Um, they also said that her gunshot wounds, like it could have been self-inflicted, but it also could have been someone else at close range. So all of these things together, like there just wasn't enough evidence to support this argument they were trying to make. Yeah. But I'm sure there
1: was a ton of evidence that Marcus is an a-hole.
0: Oh, I mean, I'm not yeah. even on the prosecution team and I've presented. Oh, plenty. gosh. Yeah, exactly. So one article actually pointed out that it would have been very, very Marcus to have Sabrina do all the hard work Mm -hmm. of pulling the trigger. Yeah, I believe it. But psychologically, this is a family annihilation murder, Mm. technically, and family annihilators tend to do the killing themselves and then blame someone else. Huh, so I actually, I don't know what I think in this case. Um, it could go either way, and either way, honestly, Marcus is responsible. yeah, yeah, and the jury agrees. they didn't care. Good. yay. yeah, they didn't care who pulled the trigger. They determined Marcus was responsible. So thank goodness. Marcus was found guilty of nine counts of first degree murder and fourteen counts of rape and molestation. Wow. Marcus was sentenced, which is great, to 102 years for the rape and molestation charges. And Mm -hmm. for the murders, he actually received the death penalty. And he's serving his sentence in San Quentin. Good. Good. So I'm actually going to say, unfortunately, Marcus is never going to be executed because of um, California is not efficient with executions okay so the last execution that was performed in California there were actually two of them performed in 2006 and oh really that long ago yeah and both wow. of the men that were executed had actually been waiting on death row upwards of 30 years before they were Holy executed. cow so we've got that in our heads right now yeah so in 2010 there was actually litigation brought against the California Department of Corrections saying uh-huh. that their lethal injection protocol was inhumane because they were not using licensed professionals who were medical licensed professionals who were licensed to administer intravenous medication. I know that's a very wordy yeah. thing. But apparent. what does that mean? Essentially, they don't have. A medical professional with a certification in doing injections like who's gonna sign up for that job honestly the fact that they didn't have this it means that it is insanely easy for the injections to be done wrong and okay. the death sentence unfortunately I mean incarcerated humans are still humans they still have rights I and guess. they are not supposed to have painful deaths so see
1: that that does not make sense to me whatsoever, especially when you know some of the, and I believe that there are people in on death row or whatever that are that are innocent, because obviously there have been cases of that, but right. like w- people like this, like Marcus Wesson, like, I don't care if he feels pain every single day for the rest of his life. I don't care how inhumane yeah, he deserves it.
0: Unfortunately, yeah. that's not what the Constitution says. Yeah, So I know. in 2010, because of this litigation, there was a de facto moratorium put on on the death penalty while they looked oh, wow. for a licensed professional to do this for them. As <laughs> like you can, someone's going to be like, me? Right. They're <laughs> like, yeah, sure. Do I'll, that. I'll do yeah, it. Yeah, let's, <laughs> let's do it.
1: Yeah. Awful. Wow.
0: So then in March of 2019, the California governor, Gavin Newsom, actually signed a permanent moratorium on the death penalty, oh. and that is still in effect. So essentially, okay. Marcus is never going to be executed, but as a small consolation, he is also never eligible for parole. Well,
1: good. And I hope that every day that he is in prison, he is having a horrible cookie-less time. There. <laughs> cookie-less. <laughs> they don't get cookies in prison, do they? I,
0: I mean, they know. could through the canteen. You should listen to Ear Hustle.
1: Ear Hustle? Yeah.
0: It's, I've never heard of that. It That's is, um, but it okay. is a podcast done by incarcerated people at San Quentin.
1: <gasps> oh my gosh. It is so interesting. Up. Yes. Oh, Ear Hustle. Hmm.
0: And listen to it from the beginning
1: okay I will that one specifically
0: you should because um something happens in at the end of season two early season three that like it'll be a spoiler if you listen to it out of order
1: oh okay yeah okay I'll listen to it
0: it's good so just really quick because we need something to lighten up the awfulness that was this episode Um, I tried to find some information on the children in the aftermath. Yeah. There isn't a ton because understandably the family tried to maintain their privacy throughout all of this. Yeah. Yeah. But you remember the Serafino went and talked to a reporter? Yes. Um, That reporter's name was Alicia Sofios. And after talking to Serafino and seeing how brainwashed he was... She uh-huh. decided that she couldn't just sit there and watch the family fall apart in the aftermath of this. Yeah. So she actually invited Elizabeth, Gypsy, and Keani to come live with her. Oh, wow. Yeah. And uh, it wasn't explicitly stated in this ABC article, but I yeah. think that those three women were legal adults. And, okay. um As a result, they weren't going to get the same amount of care that... um,
1: The younger children,
0: probably. Right. And these three had such a low level of education, they would not survive on their own. So she had them all move in with her. The four women were living in her apartment together. Oh, wow. So in the years since the arrest, Gypsy went on to have a daughter, not Marcus's, thank God... And she named her daughter Alicia in honor of the reporter, which oh, I think is so of cute, the
1: reporter that took them in, which is oh, so cute. That is very nice. Kiani
0: also had a daughter, and remember, uh, Kiani lost her daughter in the massacre. So this is oh, like, it's not exactly did. a rainbow baby, but I feel like it's no same concept. It, yeah, yeah. Um, and as of 2010, Serafino was married with three children. And at that time, it was his intention to become a police officer.
1: Oh wow, wow! That's like throwing it in his yeah, father's like full face. Full
0: circle, fu. Yes.
1: Dad. Oh wow, good for him. Yeah. Wow. Oh my goodness, that is a crazy, insane story. I would love to know what happened to everybody that came out of that, but I'm sure, I'm sure a lot of them were younger, so. Right, you won't be able to find out, but hopefully they are living way better lives than they had.
0: Yeah. Oh, but
1: that was crazy,
0: wild, and now I'm done. It's over.
1: Yay! I'm so glad. Oh my goodness! Well, it was a great story. Thank. Well, I mean, not great. It was a shit show of a story. Oh my god! Yes. I'm glad you told it.
0: Oh man, you.
1: I didn't know about that one. So. I had never
0: heard of it before. And actually yeah. it was, it was on an episode of crime countdown. Okay. And interesting enough, um, most of the articles and even on crime countdown, they talked about how Marcus believed Jesus was a vampire. And that is such a small insignificant portion of this story. Yeah. It's insane.
1: Well, this story has everything. It like literally- vampires, like I mean, you couldn't even I don't think anyone could make this story up. This is insane. No. This is crazy. Yeah. So yeah. So um yeah, I had never heard of it. And then I looked up pictures of him, which I recommend uh, no one do unless you want to <laughs> see it in your nightmares. But he
0: he does. Is- oh, he looks like, you know, when you're, like, half asleep and, yeah. like, the coat that's hanging in the corner looks yes. like a person. He yes, the, that's the person. what he looks
1: like. <laughs> yes. Oh, my goodness. Like, if I saw that man alone, like... And like, I was just alone in like an alley or something. I, that would, I couldn't. Right. I couldn't. But also
0: think about this man beating you as yeah. And, and then think about this man loving, like in quotes, yeah, right. I didn't say you. that. So thank you. I know. Um, <laughs> <You're welcome.
1: laughs> it's just, it's insane. So, it is insane. Oh, um,
0: man. thanks everybody for yes, thank you. hanging with us. This was rough. Yes, this was rough. Um, Make sure and recommend us to your friends. Have them listen to this because if you had to listen to it, they have to, too. (laughs) I know I do that to my friends all the time. I know. I had to look at it. So you have to look, too.
1: Exactly. You don't want to be the only one with it in your head. And follow us on Instagram as well. Yes. And Facebook.
0: And email us everywhere. We are Alternative Interest Podcast. So everywhere you want to find us, that's what we are. Um.
1: We love feedback and suggestions on cases. I love feedback. And yes, Yes. we have
0: a suggestion form on the website. So alternativeinterestpodcast.com. Definitely fill it out because I want to cover the things that you guys want to hear. Because if you did not want to hear this episode, well, shame on you for not giving (laughs) me suggestions because this is what you get and now
1: you know it now you know. <laughs>
0: yeah um but thank you so much for listening and we will see you yes. next time okay Bye. thanks crystal bye